Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, the New York Stock Exchange. Futures bounce again after four days up out of five as we start prepping for Jackson Hole. Powell speech tomorrow. Another day of pretty good retail results. We'll get to that. German Bund yields a one-week high, negative 61 basis points. Our own 10 years back to 161, and claims were good. Our roadmap begins with the Fed's annual meeting in Jackson Hole getting underway. Philly's Patrick Harker will join us in the next hour. Plus, retail rebound, Nordstrom and Dick Sporting Goods, both surging in the pre-market as the consumer sector coming off what was its best day in nearly two weeks. And Tesla's second largest shareholder suggesting that Elon Musk should step down as CEO. We've got details. Central bankers and economists from around the world are gathering at the Kansas City Fed's annual symposium in Jackson Hole. Investors bracing for tomorrow's speech by Fed Chair Powell amid the president's repeated calls for additional rate cuts. Some big live interviews are coming up today and tomorrow from the summit. Our Steve Leisman will have Harker, as we said, in about an hour. I think he's got Bullard, uh, Mester tomorrow. Um, But we do know what the minutes did to odds of at least a 50 basis point cut yesterday, John. Yeah, look... uh Everyone's a little talking at different uh, moments here. You've got the president, of course, saying the things, the economy is, is, is fantastic, which is why we need to cut rates. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But now he's focused on Germany. Tweets is basically talking about Germany. And you have the Fed focused on the data and a little more torn, a uh, little less torn about uh, the, the Fed's clearly, I think, thinking about the fact that retail sales are incredibly strong. And you get that number, that claims number. They needed that claims number to be much worse so I think they're in a bit of a box, and I think that some of the people whom Steve are going to talk to are going to say, look, uh, the economy, you would even raise rates if it weren't for Germany. And, and judging from the minutes yesterday, which we, uh, which we went through, there are uh, those who believe they should certainly not lower rates. Right. Uh, and then there is still a contingent on the Fed that wants to see another 50 basis points, or did at the last meeting. Yeah, I... Um, I it, which it, makes it... Sorry. Powell, just... Between that, obviously, he's the chair, and he can move people the way he wants to in some respects. And then, uh, and then every day, every day, you're dealing with Trump and the tweets, which you have to be ignoring. But you know, I you have, have to, to ignore the president, the chosen one. You're going to how do you how do you ignore he's, the chosen he's one? Tweeted now 19 times in August. It's only the 22nd, so it's more or less every single day. When you were doing it just now at Squawk Box, I thought you were doing yesterday's. No, but it's a it new wasn't. One. It was a new one. Yeah, yeah I missed it. A new one. I missed it. I think he's got to focus on Greenland again. You know, Louisiana Purchase was a huge win. People forget. You know, a lot of people weren't around. There's no, not that many people around. Well, but, you know. uh, the other thing about uh, tweeting about German uh, negative yields, uh, he does not mention that it was a basically a failed auction. They right. failed to sell half the debt, and the Bundesbank had to step in and soak up the rest. Well, yes. but And it's also, it is important that when you look at our curve, I mean, the short-term rates are the highest, and I know he probably feels like he's not really focused on the failed auction. He is, I think, focused on the fact that, uh, listen, why are we letting Germany take our sale? I mean, Germany, obviously, uh, is selling uh, Mercedes. Uh, this is about Mercedes. You know, it's interesting. He never picks on the Koreans, except for he just noticed that Samsung could get a heads up. You know, uh, had a get heads a, up on, on right, Apple on as Apple. a result of uh, tariffs on iPhones coming from China. But, you know, look, um, but even the Wall Street Journal's editorial page takes him to task. Even today on tariffs, saying enough already. Wasn't and pointing out that, by the way, when it comes to Germany, the threat of 25% tariffs on autos, which he occasionally brings up, uh, is enough at least to potentially stall decision-making over there. 
contributing to this very s- scenario he's discussing of negative interest. And how about hard Brexit? A lot of this is hard Brexit, I think. Where it's just there's just people just saying, look, get me into the safest thing imaginable because no one knows what this is going to look like. Interesting that a lot of the retailers on their conference call said, listen, we're building in 10% for the fourth quarter. Don't even worry. Our numbers are going to be fine. We are looking at the numbers. Dix this morning will say, hey, listen, we are not concerned. Our numbers that we are giving you builds in, builds in the tariffs. Uh, right. But if this uh, goes into effect December 15th, They're ready. then get ready for fiscal first quarter uh, impacts. Target doesn't think a problem. Lowe's in particular, not a problem. Dick's not a problem. Uh, I think it's going to be a problem for Macy's. Challenged. Macy's is challenged. But I uh, think yes, we've pointed that out a number of times. Well, the president, the chosen one, points out how 20 times. Why can't I do Macy's three times? Uh, there is, there's, I think, uh, uh, I think that Steve Leisman's reporting is going to indicate I've been worried about this. Uh, Andrew said, how do I feel about the market? I think there's a possibility that, that one of these people, I remember Mester caused a gigantic sell-off in October. Uh, I think she may be a candidate for, uh, for hedge funds who really need to get their short positions covered. Not kidding. Uh, she can. Nat Alliance says uh, Andy Brenner has a bit this morning about a large options trader who stands to make a bundle if the tenure gets to 145 tomorrow, which seems like an awfully long way to go. But at this point, can we rule it out? No, you can't. Did that and the fact that I think Zeke is going to sign in the next 72 <laughs> hours. I mean, like bundle. I mean, what are we just. We know like, where you're headed. Is there mutual wedding, uh, wagering on that guy? Or is there no wagering allowed? I mean, wagering. We're just wait. The whole thing is just seems wrong. Can't we just do the analysis on whether Nordstrom quarter was good? Do we really have to get this? Do we really want these bets and then derivative bets? on? T- I want to put money on that guy. Do you know that there's a hedge fund right now doing? And I like this one. Uh, taking advantage of the spread, doing a hedge fund, do, literally making trying to figure where the spread's wrong. I like what, that. The two ten spread. No, jeez, David, the spread of the, the Eagles playing the skins. You know, the I don't kid. I'm fan- not kidding. Do you have your fantasy team yet? Are you done? I have it. I I, had, I killed it. I killed it. I killed. So we're done with that. I killed it. I mean, I can't believe that's taking up a lot of headspace for you. Well, I'm David. I've got. Focused. Hey, Beethoven had that whole thing up front. Need you that was about that was about fantasy. Any any thoughts, by the way, on yeah? Well, with the uh, the second round of retail results, yeah. what does it tell us? Because I got to tell you, well, Nordstrom was expense control. Okay, Target was without without a doubt all about traffic. I love traffic. Dix is traffic, and that's good. L Brands, I don't know. L Brands traded up last night. I went through that conference call. I could, I mean, I went through the, the statement. I couldn't find a single reason why you would buy that stock. Not one. Not one? Really? Not one. No, not one. one? Not, no, no, not one. Nothing. Not one means zero. Zippo. Well, Epstein wasn't on the call. No, he was not. Uh, and he will not be. Uh, but no, Mr. Wexner, like, you know, never the we, late. That's not Wexner was not on the call no, either, no, and he is I, not on the call. Today. No, never, never. Leslie but, Wexner, who but, is still the, who is the CEO of L Brands, but you know, a look at, company. By the way, this is a sixty dollars stock not that long ago. I mean, well, you can yeah, go back. Well, a lot of people thought that Victoria's Secret was going to have a turn. It clearly did not have a turn. As a matter of fact, it has it's had an obliteration. Uh, BJ's wholesale. The club membership, I mean, they're a one. I said that wrong. I felt that last night I got a call on BJ's, and I said, look, let's focus on uh, Costco. But BJ's is one of the few that's come public, David, that was LBO. That is not a disaster, at least for now. Right. L Brands is all mall. 
there isn't anything oh, that's the, in the mall. That's, that's an issue. As the, we the, mall, the mall is a frightening place. And this comp, and these, like I talked to, when you talk to Dix, Dix has a couple stores in the mall, but they're mostly standalone. If you're in the mall, you have to be able to be in a mall where you can drive up and get stuff put in your car. And that does not happen. David, there's big department stores that, have, that are in malls that can't do that. Notice how I didn't say it this time. You didn't. You no. didn't say Macy's. Because you, you chat. All right. <laughs> um, I don't like being chastised But overall, by my in the last 24 hours, we've gotten a lot of positive data points on, I mean, the consumer no, we know that. remains strong. And by the well, way, I can't tell you how many people we've had on, okay, talk, continue to talk about the consumer and the economy, of course, which is led by the consumer here. And the fact that the uh, brief inversion we saw yet again yesterday, yeah. 210 means nothing. It's all technical. Um, but we have seen a lot of strong numbers. I we mean, sure Nordstrom have. was good. Dick's, oh, Nordstrom was better than anticipated. Well, Nordstrom did and not blow up. the stock up. is down dramatically. Look, I'm going to be That honest. was a $6 stock. I have recently. to tell you. L Brands has been a while. Kohl's the was the I worst. I misstated that. Kohl's was the worst. Okay. Of, the, be of the ones that have reported. The worst, worst of all retail. Really? Really? Yeah. So uh, surpassing Under Armour, surpassing uh, Macy's. Okay, so Dick's told me that Kohl's. Under Armour did very well in the stores this quarter. A resurgence of under of underarm. Uh, the the miss of uh, the miss of Kohl's was at the beginning of the quarter, and they think they came back. They have decent back to school numbers, uh, but decent does not mean blowout. It's Target's era, and, and Marvin Ellison. Can we just say how Marvin Ellison in one year in one year Marvin Ellison has turned around? And you know what he's done? How he's done it, Lewis? He's done it by bringing in systems, customer relations management. Done by, by making, uh, out, he said that so many stores were out of stock and now they're not. That's just execution. Now, Cornell on his conference call is talking about the risks he took. Small format. David, who would have ever thought that small format targets, the Soho target, the, up, the Upper East Side target? Any, any, any listener who, or viewer who's watching knows what, how frustrating it is to not have stuff in stock. Right. And, and oh, that's managing that is off. huge. By the way, Salesforce uh, does report tonight, right? Yes, it's doing. It's going to be very, you know, it's a lot of uh, there's a lot of first round drafting of that. I think it's going to be. Remember, this is Keith Block tonight. This is Keith Block. It's not going to be co-CEO. Yeah, it's not going to be uh, Mark Benioff. Mark's in Geneva right now. Uh, Keith Block, I think, is going to deliver. What's going on with you? You know, I sort of what? tried to I tried to pry him out of your your grip. I guess I failed. He doesn't like you. Yes, he does. No, he really We had a doesn't. nice lunch. You did? When was that? I'm not telling you. He, I told him not to have that lunch with you. All right. Well, um, anything, anything goes. I what mean, are your the other day, the yeah. other day, that fellow who runs Viacom, yeah. he showed up on another show. Well, that that was, was only because I was 100 miles away. But, uh, I've been working to get that. Yeah, that's never happening. All right. Okay, just never. Where was I? Jeez, I don't know. Well, we were totally talking about sidetracked after me. the bell. Well, I just think the Keith Block is a guy who closes. He closes. Now, Splunk last night, Doug Murrett, I like that conference call, but Doug is switching the way he accounts for things. They still, they had gigantic orders, but he's switching to a subscription business that is a lot unlike what happened when when Shantanu Narayan switched into Adobe, and Adobe went down and was your last last chance to buy Adobe. Doug Murrett, you buy Doug Murrett, you buy Splunk right here, right now. What? On this downgrade. Interesting. Salesforce yeah. more of the same, though? 
I think Salesforce is going to have good quarters. Actually, lag the cloud kings. You know, Workday is doing done better. Right. Service down, by the way, is down. Uh, VMware has been hit very badly because of the, there's, it's been pivotal. Yep. A pivotal buy. So Salesforce has been the big laggard, and I, a lot of people didn't like the Tableau data deal. I think that Tableau software, I bet that Keith Block explains it just like they explained MuleSoft, which was a brilliant acquisition, and Exact Target. I think that it was the right acquisition, but we're here tonight. A lot of people think it could be a shortfall. Oh, but right. yesterday the money and today the well, money. Well, actually, I'll be on the closing bell monitoring the earnings. Yeah, two days oh, ago. Oh, God, busy, David. Busy, I don't like how much so David I has will, to work. I will, um, I will be on it. So you, you let me know if there's it? anything I need to know. I won't even let you near that. <laughs> there is a turf. I mean, honestly. Defend, defend your property. He's using that 3 o'clock to take a lot of my guesses. I, I have yeah, no I, doubt. Oh, yeah, I'm taking your guess. Yeah. Yeah. Almost every relationship I have is suddenly gone. Well, that was my plan. Yeah. We'll get Kramer's mad dash if these two can stop fighting after uh, this break, and we'll get the opening bell. Take another look at the pre-market. As we said, we're coming off of uh, four out of five gains, and uh, we'll get to a lot more when Squawk in the Street continues. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. We've got about 14 minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. Time to squeeze in a mad dash. We're sticking with retail. That's well, all we talk about. Retail. We well, because this is the retail moment. David, there's a fellow by the name of Oliver Chen. Do you know Oliver's work? Yes, I do. Ben. Okay. Yes. I think Oliver does first-class work. He's in Cowan. He works his butt off. I mean, it's really incredible. He's got a survey out on Tiffany, which reports August 28th, saying he's got to buy an outperformer. But he says, cautious. Cautious, not doing that well. And David, uh, they did, they had a management change. I, I happen to like the stuff that they're doing, but weak Chinese inbound tours in the U.S. What does that sound like? Macy's. So he's saying be careful uh, when they report. If they do have a shortfall, this stock is going to get hammered. It, it is, is. going to get hammered. It still could go lower from and here. They are still relying to a certain extent on those tourists coming, for example. They to- sure are. Uh, and, but they do buying. it. Yeah. And now, I, by the way, premium jewelry. Have you looked at Signet lately? No. Don't. It's not looking Don't, good. No, no. It's, a, it, it, it's, it's literally one of those that's like. The turnaround um, did not occur. No, because it what happened, to, yeah. it looks like, and they tried, but Signet looks like it, that the money that Signet made was really from that kind of loan, I mean, punch, I mean, you know, I mean, a high interest, you know, you know what I mean. Yes, I do. So it's very hard for them. This is Jared, yes. not, not the president's son-in-law. No. That's no. important. No. When he said, you know, going to Jared, yes. they're not talking about going to him. No, I don't think he goes to Signet. You don't? No. No. Good. Ivanka's got good, you know. Online or something. But anyway, there's a lot of problems in retail when it comes to jewelry. Jewelry's not really doing well. And that's important. A whole category not doing well. And you know what category is the worst? Tell me. This, the watch. And that is hurting Capri. It's hurting a lot of different companies. The watch's penetration is so big. Do you know that Steve Jobs had nothing to do with the watch? David, the watch talks to me during the show. I know. When it, a cop, when it pops up and says, Lisa, I stopped the cameras. Okay. all about your fantasy football team. No, when it says Schefter, I stopped the cameras, too. We've got a lot more squawk on the street for you, including that opening bell, of course, which is about 12 minutes away. We're back from Post 9 right after this.
One more day till Powell's speech, so uh, buckle up for uh, whatever volatility we may get today or tomorrow. We'll get the opening bell in a moment. Futures up 82. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in just about six minutes. Obviously a busy Thursday as we prep for Jackson Hole. Watch the curve briefly inverting again, digesting those Fed minutes. Then there's Tesla on the move this morning on this report from a German publication that Volkswagen's chief Herbert Dice is interested in acquiring a stake. Volkswagen is apparently denying that report. We've reached out to the company and we'll update you when we hear back. In that same publication, uh, a firm which owns a 7.5% stake in Tesla continues to suggest that Musk stepped down as CEO, uh, expressing criticism of Musk's micromanagement and communication with shareholders, adding that he should withdraw from more of daily operations. James Anderson uh, is that that gentleman we're referring to. Right. 7.5% 7.5% is the largest single outside shareholder in Tesla. Well, I don't and think I he, it can't be ignored. Continues some things he's been saying. But yeah, what's interesting is that, okay, we sat here and we tried to figure out whether this Volkswagen CEO is involved. Not one of us said that's ridiculous. Instead, what we said was, hmm, that makes sense. Can we confirm it? What does that say? It says that there are people, and, and I, I credit Phil LeBeau with teaching us, there are people in the industry who remark all the time that it is a marvel that they produce so many cars. I mean, the fact that we didn't think it was a joke, that it was not a sh- you know, something that was planted, I think it's important. I'm not sure that was uh, uniform, I mean, anonymous. I mean, you think everybody thought that way? I mean, uh, stock I, I, was only up 1-2% in the pre-market. I, I dismiss it initially as being highly unlikely, right? as I would anything of that nature. That yeah. said, you may be saying, well, do they have enough of a strategy when it comes to electron, electric vehicles? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, look, I just think that there are many... discussed it in Germany. Look, I, 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 I wrote an article this morning for, for real, realmoney.com where I basically just said, okay, look, why are the fossil fuel companies not going up? And I think all that they repeatedly recommended Exxon this week. I come back over and over again and say, because they, everyone's talking about Tesla-like vehicles being coming in, and also because of what Ford did, which is go against the president of the chosen one. Uh, well, well, these fuel efficiency measures. That, yeah. it's, it's extraordinary and worth a moment because, as our viewers may know, California, of course, has um, fairly stringent... Uh, mileage standards that it will put in place that are very similar to what were the overturned standards that the Obama administration had for the automakers as part of their uh, effort to try to combat climate change. Um, Trump administration overturned that, brought them way back to 37 miles per gallon. Uh, but the automakers are actually saying, no, we want to go higher. And do you we think want to go to the 55 yeah. that California wants because, by the way, it's the largest single state car market by far. Right. And there are other states that also are in with it. But it, why does the president say it's more dangerous? I've I don't never know. heard that before. I don't know. Maybe because you have to use different materials. Maybe. Uh, in, in terms Light of weighting. lighter weights. But they've, that's been the movement for years. Right. Lighter the, the, weight, stronger materials in some ways. The point is how un, it's unprecedented for an industry to get deregulation and say, no, 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 we, we, we got it. They used to fight the cafe standard changes tooth and nail. It's, nobody's ever seen anything like that. Right. Where... And I believe, I mean, there are some of the German automakers are also on board. Maybe that's also angering the president. 
uh, right, right, right. You he know, we're, we're going to go with California, which, by the way, then means they'll be fine for New York, which is also a fairly large market for automobiles, though not nearly what California I, I do agree with him that Henry, other states. I agree with him that Henry Ford would be unhappy with this. Henry Ford had a lot of uh, ideological stances that were somewhat, uh, let's say, against the grain. What does that have to do with this? No, he said that Henry Ford would be rolling over. Oh, he, alluded, he did. I didn't see that. He alluded Sorry. to Henry Ford. He's got a lot of different things going. I have to hand, I have to <laughs> hand it to the president. He keeps you off. I mean, he keeps you off balance. Can you imagine she? What's it like in the, when she huddles with his people? What is it like? What is Navarro saying? They ask, like, what is Navarro saying? What do you got there? Navarro's looking at natural gas. Did you know that's collapsed? Recently? Oh, my, well, welcome home. Because the pipelines now from the Marcellus, we, we exported 6.5 billion BCF last night, um, which is the new record. The, um, the, ex, the Marcellus pipelines are now done. And we do not, we have so, you know, you know it's the largest natural gas repository now in the world. We can't get rid of the natural gas. But there's using, another reason why the using, majors haven't done particularly well. Exactly. I mean, you've got what global LNG prices there's, there's, at? I was set a record low on Monday. I know, and, and, and they've got hundred car trains going to Mexico because Mexico doesn't have the pipelines uh, that we need. It is just a, a one of the things that's happening right now. The biggest building boom is the plants that make it so natural gas liquids are separated. Because the Mexicans use propane as their natural heating, so they're bringing down propane to that. And, and trust, thank you for uh, Rusty Brazil for doing this stuff. But yeah, we have way too much, and because we have way too much, you can't drill for more oil because that comes up with natural gas, and they don't want to flare. Just like, I mean, the president's probably pro-flaring, but the oil companies don't want to flare because they fear a Democrat coming in. Elizabeth Warren would not be pro-flare, just for the record. No, and by the way, the growing importance of ESG investing, it's not there yet in terms of its, its size. But when you see that business round with Jamie Dimon is basically discrediting the Milton Friedman approach, then you have to think, wow, do I want to own a fossil fuel company? Let's get the S&P 500 on the opening bell here at the big board. It's representatives from the New York Stock Exchange celebrating the migration of its trading technology to what they're calling NYSE Pillar. At the NASDAQ, it's uh, the U.S. Open, Angela Carver, the 2016 U.S. Open singles champion. As we get ready for that great event here in New York, Today. We didn't talk enough about how a, a rate, a chain that's been around forever had a 20% move without a takeoff. That was extraordinary. And Brian Cornell is not praised nearly enough. He is behind that move. Well, and uh, City says it's not enough. They go to upgrade uh, from, uh, pie, from neutral to buy <laughs> over at City. Yeah. That's well-timed. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, yes. guys. Yeah, suboptimal analysis yeah. there. Suboptimal in my fantasy league did not do a good job last night. Picked a guy, <laughs> D'Anthony, somebody, um, in the second round, wasted a pick. Yeah. Suboptimal is the D- name D- of D- one Anthony of the teams that you compete against in your yeah, fantasy you football D- team. Thomas. Yeah, it's also what you're pointing out is the right. city upgrade now right. that the stock that's moved up 20% it, that's like picking, It's like picking coals over Target. Yeah. I mean, you just don't want to do that. Uh, but, yeah, Target is just going to keep going. It's a whole – we call it a re-rating. It's a re-rating, and it's the best – it had the best of all these. It, it really did. And Brian Cornell, no victory lap, just right back to work. Just, you know, not phased. 
just quietly going about his job. I have to hand it to him. He's really amazing. Jim, why did futures bounce on these Esther George headlines that essentially she's happy to leave rates right where they are? You know what? I I do defer to Steve. I, I, I think there were some people who felt that she could say, why are we cutting when we should be raising? Remember the, the firestorm she caused uh, in October when she gave an ill-founded, you know, she gave some uh, ill-advised comments that joined uh, Jay Powell in that we need to be tighter. Uh, so she's been the one who I think has been most, uh, uh, let's just say, uh, believing, in, in, most hawkish, most hawkish. Uh, I think, obviously, she got, the president does, has, does the president make fun of her yet? Does he have a name for her? Just a matter of time, I Just guess. Just a matter yeah, of time. Depending on how hawkish she wants to be. Right? Right? I mean, the president... Uh, she did say, still sees 2% possible for the year. Uh, says, I uh, think we're in a good place relative to the mandate. Uh, the July rate cut wasn't needed. What? What? Wasn't needed. Wasn't needed. She is in some sort of parallel universe. You just talked about how great retail and the 70% of the economy is no, doing. she's not looking at the German tenure. Oh, I saw. The German That's, tenure. Is that the Fed's new metric? Uh, the favorite metric is the German tenure? Well, I, I think we have, an, we have an opportunity to make yeah. the rest of the economy, not just the... Well, okay, let, let, here, let's, let's tell truth here. Toll Brothers downgraded today. Toll Brothers was not a good quarter. Okay, if you look at any, Emerson, not a good quarter. The, the ITB is about to break out of a bearish wedge. You saw what Home Builders did yesterday. Uh, yeah, Lenar had Lenar. Uh, the, the company Toll, Toll Brothers average home is more than eight hundred thousand dollars. The guys who have bought the smaller ones, they, the two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty, are, are doing well. Look, I think there's enough weakness. I, I, if you want to have enough weakness for what? Will you, will you listen to me? I, 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 you I listen. To, let I me try. finish my thought. Okay? You can draft after me. Have Don't jump the queue. Yeah, have you actually finished your thought? The president said the other day, we basically, the chosen one, that we have to get hurt because of the, of the trade war. So I think you want to anticipate what's going to happen. So you think that a... You think that rates can respond to a trade war yes. in just the way they respond to liquidity, crises, yes. um, hyperinflation, you name it. The president's not backing down. I mean, what he said, someone has to take them on. Like, if, if there is, I mean, wait, 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 I, the, what, what, talks. There's no talks. No. Well, what no what talks. he said was he's willing to go through, uh, ostensibly, a recession to, for the greater good. Okay, you agree that, with that? And that's where I think Esther George should have tempered her comments. Because if you have a sitting president a year ahead of election who's saying basically he's willing to have a recession and it's Powell's job to keep us out of recession, I buy that. I actually buy that analysis. And I am concerned that Powell better watch what the president's doing because the president's saying, we'll take it. We can handle Maybe it. Maybe it's all be, being done for that exact reason, to get Powell to try and listen to him so he does that, because it's been the one consistent thing the president said. By the way, we're talking about on Monday, he said we're going to, on Tuesday, he said we're going to payroll tax on payroll yes. tax and potentially indexing capital gains. On Wednesday, he said, no, it's off. Dude. The elitist on... I, I, he's a tad inconsistent. Why would you listen <laughs> to it? Well, because he's the pres- still the president of the United States. Understood, but the inconsistency in the back and forth. You and I both know that in 10 minutes we can get a tweet that says we've got to deal with China or we're going to have a deal. We're going to go over there next week. And, I mean, unlikely, I know, but no, it's yeah, Very unlikely. 
Well, I, I'm just concerned. I thought that the rhetoric yesterday was the hardest line rhetoric I've seen when it comes to China. I bet even Peter Navarro recoiled. Uh, here's what the journal said. Uh, the journal op-ed page uh, today. Um, they really take it. The journal's op-ed page has been, been tough on the president in recent days. Yeah. Um, but today they write, Trump is, quote, confused about whether the economy is strong or weak, whether more economic stimulus is needed, and even whether his trade brawls are weakening the economy. No wonder business investment is falling. You think that's fair? Uh, I think that, that the president's... The president confuses you enough that you're not sure. If you're a big business person, you're really not sure. If you're small to medium size, I had Paycom on last night. They're doing very, very well, uh, small and medium size. I, I think that there's a lot of technology companies that are just doing well because of secular trends. But uh, I think that if you're a, bit, a comp- if you're 3M, whose stock is just terrible, by the way, I think if you're 3M, you're not sure what to do. If you're Nordstrom, I think you start saying, you know what, maybe we can go at it again. Maybe we can be a little more aggressive. Retail was good. Consumer's good. But if you're industrial, one-third of the economy doesn't have a clue about what to do. Because I think they're trying to figure out what what he says. Now, waste management, which is really a play on uh, construction, is having a great quarter. And that matters tremendously because that's a good, good lead. By the way, speaking of manufacturers, page one of the journal is about Vietnam. And uh, corporate managers trying to migrate supply chains, running into labor shortages already. Good luck getting your order at the front of the book. But Home Depot's going to do it. Home Depot was saying their suppliers are going to do it. Well, Home Depot has clout. See, Home Depot could call you up and say, Craig Benier could say, listen, I need you to shift to the United States. You know what? It's hard. I mean, listen, we all have anecdotal things. I was with the the CEO of, let's call it, you know, again, a $50 million sales business. $50 million? Uh, Yeah, that sells curtain rods. Curtain rods, okay? okay? All manufactured in China. Well, that's problem. And I was like, can you move it? No, we can't. We can't get it to Vietnam. We're tr- we've tr- it's not going to happen. We've been there for 30 well, years. We've got deep relationships. We're stuck. Okay, and we're restora- stuck, by the way, passing this along. Is, and they're, gonna, okay. they're September 1. Uh, they're already suffering some tariffs, and there'll be more. Okay. You keep that- saying Vietnam, Vietnam, Vietnam. It's, it's, it's this much. Thailand, Korea, they're all in play. Indonesia. How about the U.S.? Are we getting any <laughs> Home Depot said, yes. Home Depot said even the U.S. I know that David is just a, he's a curmudgeon about this, but there are, uh, if you're Home Depot, you can boss, look at restoration, look at R.H. Well, David's point is the big guys can do it. Small well, businesses, this is going to be a story about small businesses taking a back seat. Small business is going to be crushed by yeah. this. A guy like who just, say, sells curtains, and they're all from China. I wish I tell you he's he's in a suboptimal situation that gentleman yeah, right or now. other things for the home. No, it's hard. It's very hard. Well, that's they, get squeezed, and they're trying to figure it out. You think? And that, by the way, if you do go about figuring out a way to change your supply chain, and then you get a deal with China, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, you killed me. Yeah, you have. Yeah, that's right. But look at RH. I mean, RH. That w- they were so committed to China. And then their stock went down to 110, and suddenly they're buying stuff. They're making some stuff elsewhere. David, it's going to take a little time to build these supply chains. Yes, it does. But look at this. It's not like Brazil. You know, Brazil took all our soybean. That was easy. You know, boom. Okay? Boom. Look at that, David. That's reverse head and shoulders, your favorite pattern. Uh, but I do think that this, the big guys are going to win. And once again, the small and medium-sized businesses cannot keep up with the big guys. They can't. 
We can't. Uh, you notice Ulta, Ulta Beauty going up? It's very difficult. Uh, no, I hadn't. That's, uh, uh, that's uh, Fabrizio Freda, the unbelievable CEO at Estee Lauder, called them out as having just uh, doing really well. Just pointing that out. Uh, Jim, uh, Boeing, high for the month, really, uh, back to 345. You see some of the banks perking up here, too, as we get yields higher? Yes, and uh, look, Boeing, every time it trades up, you have to understand, that's someone who says that they're not going to have to stop production. It stop production goes to 300, continuous production goes to 400. And if you want to roll the dice like that, be my guest. I know the changes they're making apparently are, are very good. Uh, in the terms, remember, they had two sensors. Now they have a third, so you can tell which one's working best. Changes, they're working overtime, trying to get that done. I believe that the, the key to that is other countries' FAAs, not just our FAA. FAA. Uh, but if they get that thing flying again, that is really going to help GDP. It is going to help GDP. Wow, some say, well... Robo Ross says four tenths. Others yeah. say two tenths, but somewhere in that neighborhood. I've done a lot of work in that and think it could be 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Boeing is a huge, huge, Boeing, Boeing is right. huge contributor to GDP. There's yeah, no doubt. I mean, a lot of money. I mean, Boeing is Boeing is our best. Jim, really quick. Uh, there's a story on the tape about leverage loans. Uh, five deals falling flat in the past few weeks. It says things that something that people have been putting in the worry column well i just think that when i look at who did particularly poorly in retail it's the ones that came out of uh, leverage buyout and they're all just hanging by a thread and if you read them you start thinking wow the nordstrom brothers weren't so stupid you know, well, not they going, wanted to. It right. was actually it, it was the, their inability the, to get the finance. Right. So the banks in this case were not so stupid. But isn't it inter- right? But isn't it interesting at twenty five? No one's talking about the banks coming in there. Ap- apropos of what you said, no one's saying let's pay thirty five for Nordstrom. No, I think the family still might have interest in trying well, to do it late. if they could figure out a way. Now, in this case, they are rolling in a great deal of their equity, but it would still be a leverage buyout, but, less know, leverage perhaps than most. The late but that's Bruce, a very difficult but, uh, scenario to, 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 to try and get yourself yeah, but, out of as a retailer, adding debt in an environment like this, this where you need as much capital. How, how's Neiman Marcus doing? If you look at Michael's stores, I mean, I like to shop at Michael's stores, but obviously no one wants to buy the stock of Michael's stores. Wow. Wow. What do you buy at Michael's stores? Thread? Yeah. Crafts? Crafts. Crafts. Right. Crafts stuff? I, I, I like or weekend to, projects you like to do? This I like little? to do crafts. I just yeah. put, in together, I put in together a frame for something I bought last week. Really? Yeah, Mom. That's nice. I have, look, I'm not Michelangelo, but, you know. No. Hey, Michelangelo. I think I, someone in my, in my uh, draft drafted him in the third round. I think between reading conference calls, playing fantasy football, and growing tomatoes, you wouldn't have time to put together a frame. David, I am called, a, like Wolf would say, Renaissance man, <laughs> Renaissance. You're a lo- you're a lagar. We like watching. Lagar. We like watching you on the telly too. Uh, Dow's up 171. Let's get to Bob. Morning, Bob. Good morning, guys. Uh, we got a nice rally going. We got banks up. We got home builders uh, on the upside. Thank you, Esther George. Just take a look at what's moving here. Uh, and again, you got that bank rally, and you got semi- uh, the home builders rallying on some comments from Esther George there. That's moving yields. Uh, semiconductors. These are classic cyclicals, and industrials leading the way. Utilities are lagging. This is a very typical pattern 
uh, when we see uh, cyclicals up and the defensive stocks moving to the downside. Uh, to show you the S&P futures here, as George interview this morning uh, saying, uh, I'm not ready to provide more policy accommodation. That's right here. So you see markets moving up here and uh, slightly down as we go into and as the markets open, we're a little bit higher overall. So the point about the direction of the market is stocks are tending to move in the direction of yields, particularly 10-year yields. Yields up, market up, yields down, market down. You can argue about whether there's going to be two rate cuts this year, three or four. There's all sorts of camps on this. But for the market, the stock market, in the intermediate term, we are moving in the direction of bond yields. There's the S&P 500. 2940 has been a real problem for the markets. We keep trying to get over that. If we can get over that towards 2950, the bulls are going to come out all over the place and say we're at 3000. But this has been a real resistance point. We just haven't been able to get over that right now. Europe is a sort of flattish on either side of positive or negative. I just want to point out all this week, the bulls have been saying, oh, the manufacturing numbers are going to be really lousy and the ECB is going to get very aggressive cutting rates. Well, the numbers came out. They were weak, but they were not as weak as people feared. So overall, Eurozone 47 from 46 and a half the prior month. Now, remember, these, these indexes above 50, expansion below 50 is contraction. So that's still weak, but it wasn't as bad as people were afraid of. France is 51. That was better than people expected. Germany, you see how weak Germany is? This is manufacturing now, not services. 43, but it was 43.2 in July. So this number even was better than weakness. So uh, yes, crummy numbers, not encouraging, but not as bad as people feared. And that's a little bit of good news for people who are afraid the ECB is just going to go crazy and keep cutting interest rates here. Here in the U.S., everybody's very happy about Nordstrom, okay? And it's good news, so the margins were better, and that's one of the reasons it's up. Can I just point out, not to be a spoil sport, we're down... 20% on Nordstrom for this month going into this number. We're down 36% for the year on Nordstrom. That's with the improvement that we're seeing today. This is a horrible year for the company overall. It's been a horrible year for the department stores. And there's a number of obvious reasons for that. There's a little bit of good news short term on the recent numbers. Guidance, which is the most important thing overall. Affirmed at Lowe's, TGX, Home Depot, Kohl's, raised the target Walmart. Nordstrom lowered the high end of its guidance. Let me be very particular about that. Uh, so uh, it, it's not a complete cut, but they lowered the high end of the guidance. They're one of the few ones to move it to the downside. What we can see here is the trends. Keep your eye on the broad trend and what's going on overall here. So the department store trends here. So we've got discounting is up. We've got soft traffic. And we have little or negative sales growth. They can't open more stores because the costs are growing up. So that's the key point here. There is no path to growth for the department stores. That's why things have been so crummy this year. And fortunately, there's an ETF for that. So we tend to take a look at the XRT. This is the ETF that's basically a basket of all the big retailers that are out there. That's this one here for the year. You can see it's down for the year. This is mostly brick and mortars. There are ETFs that are like for online retailers. There's one. This is iBuy, I-B-U-Y. And they have people like Interactive on it, Expedia, Shutterfly, IAC. That one is up. 23% on the year. So the market is clearly distinguishing between people who are growing and people who are not. And you can see that in the retail ETFs. Carl, back to you. Bob, thank you very much, Bob Pisani. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Already had a busy day at the Bond Pits in Chicago, and he'll have another busy day tomorrow. Hey, Rick. Absolutely. You know, I just want to throw this out there. I personally don't follow the market PMIs as well as the more well-known PMIs, but it did dip below 50. 49.9 is the read, so I thought I would point that out for manufacturing. Now, let's get to the charts. Two-day of two-year notes, then a two-day of 10-year notes. 
what you should notice is both of them are elevated. And whether it was the minutes that triggered part of it yesterday or Esther George today, although much of that was already underway, and I think she just put a better footing under the notion that there are uh, there is a whole world of people out there, and some of them on the Fed, who think that the July rate cut was a mistake. And I think that maybe that audience is growing a bit. Look at the 10-year boon today. Uh, now, this chart starts on August 13th. And the reason I picked August 13th is because there's actually some divergence going on today. We're close to unchanged. 10-year boon yields are a bit elevated. They're actually intraday trading at the highest yield since August 13th. What's problematic is that high yield's only like minus 61. Now, all this nervousness about the 30-year boon in the auction, and I get it. Crummy auction, Bundesbank, Deutsche Bank, I get it all. But here's what I don't get. It's been negative since August 5th, as you see on the July chart. It shouldn't be so shocking that when we actually have an auction, it's going to reflect what the market has pushed those yields to. And finally, what happens to a currency when crazy negative yields permeate every corner? Well, here's the euro versus the dollar. The main reason the dollar index is steady eddy, because it's hovering at the lowest levels since May of 2017. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you. Apple is preparing to launch some new products in the coming weeks. The lineup includes uh, Pro iPhones, refreshed versions of the iPad Pro, and the first revamp to the MacBook Pro in three years. That's according to sources who talked to Bloomberg. Uh, we know how much some of these other categories, Jim, now matter. Yeah, look, I think that one of the things you really want to look for here is when does it cross over? When do you start thinking about 60% that is not, you need about 55% that's not phone? And then the people who have just made their bet against Tim Cook, because he hasn't come up with anything new since Steve Jobs died, will have to look at that pastiche of, of where they're making their money and reach a different conclusion. Apple's best days are not behind it. And I think the watch is 50% growth is going to accelerate. Uh, I've seen a lot of new health, health uh, uh, things that they're working on that are extraordinary. And we haven't talked enough about it, but can the Apple News Channel destroy news? What? The Apple News Channel could be fantastic. Apple News Channel. Yeah, they're going to do a news channel. Campbell Brown is right. I always learn things here. Oh, no. It's going to be helpful. Apple News Channel. Okay, Apple could give it to you. you I think people would take it. And remember, you've got the MSN and you've got the Fox. How about someone right down the middle? And CNN's over here. Watch yourself, everybody else. Apple. Right. We've been warned. When we come back, uh, Philly Fed President Harker, live from Jackson Hole. Leesman's got that. Dow's up 130. Yes. Take a look at the Dow. Uh, just off of session highs as we got that market PMI below 50 in contraction for the first time in almost 10 years. Uh, but still up 142, and we're at 29.33. Don't go away. All right, Jim, what's on Matt tonight? Always market moving interview with Salesforce, and that's going to be Keith Walker. I let's just see. Uh, he will be the key to Friday's market if he tells a good story, other than, of course, Jackson Hole. You'll have a Gap to talk about getting bought in front of the print tonight, too. Gap stores. Oh, yeah. what? Really? Yeah. I don't Retail's know. doing pretty well, uh, yeah, It sure is. The inventory's for lean for everybody. Really pretty amazing. Uh, pretty Jim, exciting show. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We'll see you tonight. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 